Hi, I'm Liz Kapko, and I'm the host of the L Podcast. This podcast is all about L's, so letting go what doesn't serve you, learning who we are, what we want out of life, and how the hell to get there, leveling up in life, and most importantly, learning to love ourselves in the process. So let's go. Good morning. Um, I had plans for a different topic, but I'm having a rough morning and I thought this would be really important to share in case anyone else is also struggling with panic attacks. So I'm, for the past few days, I've noticed that my, my hands get pins and needles, like I call it my spidey sense because my, my hands get pins and needles. Like if you don't know what that feels like, it feels like when your hand goes numb and then you try to wake it up, that's kind of what it feels like. And so it's just this like tingling sensation in my hands. And that that's usually the first sign of a panic attack is coming on. And so I've kind of felt it the past few days. Um, most of the times I can it's not too bad. I can kind of, you know, shake it off. But this morning, um, I woke up and it was just really, really strong. Like, it's not painful. It's just kind of more of annoying than anything. And so I know that that's kind of a sign that, like, I'm, I'm on the edge of a panic attack. And so I, you know, I took a shower, tried to get ready for work, and... um and I'm just like dragging, like I'm dragging this morning and that's really hard for me because I, you know, I have a lot of stuff to get done. And so I tried to, you know, just keep getting ready. And as I was getting ready to like sit down, put some makeup on kind of, I, when I don't physically or mentally feel good, I like to counter that with like getting dolled up like looking good makes me feel better which then you know changes my mindset and changes my mood and just has positive effects for me so I was about to sit down and put my makeup on when I just felt the flood of a panic attack starting and if you've never had a panic attack and I know I've kind of touched on this in the in the episode with Jamie it's Panic attacks are when your fight or flight mode kind of is stuck. And so what that means is like the the switch on your brain that says danger, danger, you know, something's happening or about to happen. It gets stuck on the on position. And so it it gets stuck and so it feels like it feels like someone's trying to break into my bedroom. And like that's the the best thing I can kind of, you know, tie it to is it feels like someone is about to break into my bedroom and like my heart's pounding. My heart's pounding because I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, you know, should I fight whatever's on the other side? Should I run and hide? You know, how do I ask for help? It's that fear that just floods over you and... And it's hard because no one, no one wants to feel that way, you know? 
no one wants to be in this fear that you know is not it's not rational like I feel very safe at home I feel very safe at work Um, I feel very safe with my partner there's nothing that is I don't want to say is causing but there's nothing that would make me feel like I'm in danger but my brain thinks I am and so the fact that like my body is doing this to itself I think for many people can be really hard to understand but also to accept um but it's just exhausting um it's exhausting always feeling afraid when you have nothing to be afraid of um it's exhausting to constantly be trying to constantly be trying to like hold your bedroom door closed when there's nothing on the other side trying to get in and so you're using all of your energy every day to hold this door shut and and there's nothing there and so you know that you're like you know that you're wasting your time trying to do that you know that you're wasting your energy but your body just won't let you do anything else and as if you're someone like me like you really pride yourself in your work and you pride yourself in your work ethic it's really hard when you physically and mentally feel like you can't work but you're like in your heart in your soul you you have that desire that passion to do more to to be productive but you can't and that's where you know depression starts coming in and so these these panic attacks um even though they're you know they're mental like they start in your head it's very physical um and i'd mentioned in the in the previous episode how it can be painful if you develop seizures if you know you develop these muscle spasms um, it can get very painful but it really takes all the energy out of you because your brain is is running a marathon it's running a marathon trying to run away from something that it thinks is hurting it or is going to hurt hurt it but there's nothing there but it's still running and so it drains you so much um i the day after a panic attack i feel so hungover <laughs> like completely drained just really tired um and after like the peak of a panic attack, like the, the day that you have one, so probably in a few hours for me, um, the headache comes in because you're, you know, you're probably dehydrated, you're, your brain has been working overdrive. So the headaches that come after a panic attack are just worse than any hangover I've ever had. Um, but I wanted to share this because sometimes people don't know they're having a panic attack or they don't know that it's coming um you know there's there's times where I just you you feel off like you don't really know what it is you're not you're not sick but you're just tired and you're not like it almost feels like you forgot something (laughs) like something big was about to happen and you you feel like you're, you're forgetting something 
And so there's just something lingering. And that linger is a sign. Like, if you feel that that feeling of you're forgetting something or that something is maybe about to happen that you're forgetting, like, take some time to sit and think about it. Um, like, I've talked about learning what your red flags are when it comes to depression um, and anxiety. And so that's one of them. Like, your body is starting to tell you, like, either you're just really overstressed or overstimulated. That's another really big thing. Um, Anxiety and panic attacks don't necessarily have to come from, you know, bad news or from being stressed at work. It could also come from just being overstimulated. Um, I don't do well in social settings. I don't really go to parties. I don't definitely don't go to clubs um, because that's just overstimulating for me. And that leads to panic attacks. Um, I think one of the one of the hardest things for me with panic attacks sometimes is that sometimes there's no cause. Sometimes, you know, life is great. But then I have a panic attack and I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, everything's going great. Everything looks good. I feel fine. I was fine yesterday. And now this morning I had a panic attack and it's frustrating. It's frustrating because when there's nothing causing something, that means there's nothing you can try to fix and there's nothing that you can work on. And... Not that you always have to be fixing something or always working on something. Um, that is also exhausting. But I think as humans, we we need that closure of, ha- of being able to blame something. You know, so sometimes for panic attacks, it's, oh, I've been, you know, I've been drinking more caffeine to get me through work. Caffeine will increase my anxiety. Okay, that makes sense. That's why that happened. Or it's the week before my period. That's when all hell always breaks loose anyway. So that makes sense. Or, you know, I'm really stressed from work. Okay, that's why. Sometimes knowing what maybe caused it makes you feel better. Because you have, you have that closure. You have that, that reason why this happened. And it kind of, it gives the blame to something else. So you're not blaming yourself. And... And you should never blame yourself. Like, I'm not saying that that's something you should be doing, but like, that's, that's the reality is that when we don't have something to blame, we end up blaming ourselves. And that's where a lot of the stigma start coming in that, you know, anxiety is my fault. I'm doing this to myself. My body hates me. Um, (laughs) When you don't have something to blame, it's very easy to blame yourself. And that just makes it so much worse. So much worse. Um, because you didn't do this to yourself. My, I have to remind myself that my, my brain just works differently. My brain just sometimes needs a little more help. Um, just like my pancreas. <laughs> um, and it's when you don't have something to blame... It makes it harder to cope with, to deal with that this is happening. Um, 
But that's just a matter of the fact that sometimes there's not going to be a reason. Sometimes panic attacks just happen. And that can be very hard to accept. And and I will be very honest that um, for the past probably three years, I've been very open about my mental health. I've been very transparent about my panic attacks, about my depression, about um, my struggles with suicidal thoughts and intrusive thoughts, which I didn't even know were a thing. I'll have to make another episode on intrusive thoughts. But I've been very open about sharing that because for the longest time, I didn't know what I was going through. I thought, oh, it's maybe because of my past that this is just unique to me, that I'm, you know, I'm broken. Um, which is not true. And so, so many other people who also live with depression and anxiety and panic attacks feel alone. They feel like this is something that just happens to them. And these diseases, these, you know, mental illnesses are very isolating. And so that's why I share about it. That's why I'm very open about sharing my experience with, um, with these panic attacks with, you know, living with anxiety and depression. But I, be, I will be honest that there is that, f- that slight fear behind it that if people know I struggle with my mental health, and this is, you know, another stigma, but if I'm very open about it, will people think I'm weak? Will people think I'm crazy? Like, that's a very big one that, like, you you must be crazy if you have mental illnesses because everyone thinks that if your brain doesn't work like everyone else's, that must mean you're crazy, which, again, is not true. And so that's why I share this, and that's why I really, even though I already had a plan for today's episode, I wanted to to um, to share what this feels like and and what it feels like in the moment, but also what it feels like um, in everyday life, in living with anxiety and panic attacks and depression, because it's very different. And it can be very difficult to explain it to someone who hasn't experienced it themselves because it's, um, you can't see it, right? You, you can't see what it feels like um, unless it's a very physical panic attack. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's very important that we have these conversations that we, we start having these conversations with ourselves, with our healthcare providers and with our family and our loved ones. Um, I wish my family would have talked more about the depression that is in our family, that was in our family, um, because we could have all gotten help sooner, you know, and that's the end goal you know, getting help to, to live with it, because I don't really think it ever goes away. Like as much as I would, you know, I pray and hope that, you know, I can quote unquote, live a normal life, um, whatever that means. It, I don't think that's a realistic expectation. And I've, when I'm on medication, um, when I'm on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds, I can function as Liz, you know, I, it helps me feel more like myself. Um, but like, that's, I'm never going to go back to what I was in high school. You know, I'm never going to go back to what I was in college. 
Um, and I think that sometimes that's what our expectations are, especially, um, when it can come to like our, our physical health too. Like everyone wants to be the size zero that they were in high school. Well, that was before puberty. Like that was before your body changed. That was before you had children. Like we can't expect our bodies to go back in time. We can only move forward. And the same goes with living with mental illnesses that, you know, we're never going to go back to what we were before trauma or before um, we found out that we even had mental illnesses. I imagine that this might be really hard for someone who struggles with like ADD or ADHD um, that really, that also really impacts your everyday life. And so being on medication helps with that. And so I, I will always and always have advocated that being on medication for mental illnesses does not make you less than. It does not make you weak. It does not make you um, crazy. It, if anything, it makes you strong for being brave enough to put your health first, for being brave enough to uh, ask for help, for being brave enough to accept help because we can ask for help but then you know if we don't like what we hear it's very easy to not accept it so that also makes you very brave and so I today's gonna be rough um I my spidey senses are still on um I know I'm gonna have a headache later and tomorrow is just gonna be absolutely dreadful but I've I've learned to recover. I've learned to rest and recover. And so um, I want to end this episode with like some tips on if you struggle with panic attacks, what you can do about it. I feel like there's maybe not much you can do about it, but you can get through it. So some tips that I've heard is if you're in the beginning stage, so if you're, you're just starting to feel like there might be a panic attack around the corner, um, redirecting your brain by stimulating it I've heard helps so like eat some sour candy you know the kind that makes your jaw kind of (laughs) get stiff um that kind of shock to your brain can help um holding an ice cube that kind of like nerve stimulant can help um sometimes for people if you you know redirect your focus instead of thinking so much about like I'm gonna have a panic attack If you focus too much on that it might come, that it's around the corner, that it'll make it come even faster. So sometimes redirecting your focus on a book or, you know, your favorite TV show um, or work, you know, whatever helps you focus on something else can also be very powerful. Um, For me, when I'm having, like, I know the panic attack is coming, it's going to get here. If I'm able to, I'll take a mental health day. I will stay home because if it, I never know if it's going to be a mild panic attack like today's or if it's going to be a full blown, you know, muscle spasms, throw up kind of, kind of panic attack. I'd rather do that at home than, you know, do it at work where people, not that I'm ashamed of it or embarrassed, but people don't know how to help. And for some people that can be very scary to see. And so I just feel more comfortable having that happen at home um 
but you know, that's, that's not always feasible. Like not everyone has the flexibility with their work or, you know, if they have children and little humans they have to take care of, you don't have that freedom of just, well, I'm going to take the day off. Um, but try to clear your schedule as much, as much as you can. Like the less that you're, the less that's on your plate, the better, because your all of your brain power, all of your energy is going to go to that panic attack. So you're not going to be very productive. Um, and that's something you just have to accept right away. Like, okay, this day is not going to, I'm not going to get everything done on my to-do list because right now I'm just in survival mode and that's okay. It's okay to just be in survival mode. Um, but when you're in survival mode, you cannot expect yourself to also be productive, to also do these other things. Um, because you're just adding, you know, more weight to an injury. So I clear my schedule as much as I can. Um, if I can't do that, like today I have to go into work, I'm sitting in my car at work. Um, then I just, I throw everything else out the window. So I'm going to eat whatever I can. You know, I packed my lunch, but if I want a treat, I'm going to have the treat. Um, be like, because when I'm in survival mode, it doesn't matter what I eat. It just matters that I eat. When I'm in survival mode, it doesn't matter if I work out. It doesn't matter if um, if I shower, <laughs> honestly. As long as I'm resting, because I know that I'm my tank is getting on empty soon, um, I'm going to need to rest and recover. So those are my tips. Um, I'm going to definitely work on them today. After work, I'm going to be on the couch all afternoon if you need me, but I feel a little bit better. Hopefully I don't get another one because you can't have more than one in a day if, if there's other triggers. Um, but I hope this is helpful. I'll talk to you guys next week. This podcast was helpful. Please share it with a friend, with a coworker, with a neighbor, with the stranger down the road. Uh, help me spread this knowledge as far as possible because we all sometimes need a friend that's there for us, that's looking out for us. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening in, and I'll talk to you next time.